0: It's game week, by the way.
1: It is. Florida State plays this weekend.
0: Duquesne. Hens-
1: the old Dukes. Is that
0: is that really what they're called? I don't Duke know. Dukes?
1: I don't know. I made that How up. How
0: fucking miserable is that person? Like, what were they going through? They're like, I don't fucking care. Just call them the Duquesne Dukes. It doesn't matter. We're the never going to win the game. I think it'd be fun to do some like, like dream week zero scenarios, but like, not like, like, maybe not dream, but like, I'm trying
1: to think like. But like semi dream?
0: Like, like not, not night. Like, what's a dry dream instead of like a wet dream? It's like a dry dream scenario of just, well, I guess it's most dreams, right? It's just normal dreams. <laughs> I uh, guess. <laughs> super dry dream. <laughs> dry, but so dude, dry super dream. dry dream uh, matchups for week zero. Christina, oh. this is a lovely house.
2: It's Christina. Are you stupid or are you deaf? Christina, you idiot! You come to our house, you get my wife's name right! What? Christina!
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler one Huck, and with TikTok. me, as always, what? I oh, no, just, just do like one long TikTok because I know you. Okay. We're back. We're itching for games. There's games this weekend. I'm itching
0: for other reasons, but yeah, Um,
2: there are games. We have
1: broken down every angle in the Northwestern
0: Nebraska game that you could possibly find, and we're going to present it to you live. The word about this earlier, like, yo, we're not talking about nobody wants to see these games. Your team is playing.
1: Yeah, how many people want to watch Florida State Duquesne? Honestly,
0: outside of
1: outside of the fact that people are 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 like, maybe Florida State might lose that game. That'd be awesome. Awesome we did lose the Jacksonville State last year, so I guess anything is possible. Um Not I'll this go. year, Chris. I'll go. I'll go. We're shooting for the we're shooting for 8. Can we
0: get to 8 wins this year? Yeah, I mean, I can see that, right? I mean, like yeah, it should be You don't know the schedule. Year. No, I don't care. I mean, it's the same every year. What's funny yeah. is it's gotten a little bit more difficult, but not it's still the same teams from the 90s.
1: Yeah. You know, you got LSU, which I think to Alabama is probably a nothing game this year to us. They've probably got a lot more talent. Mm-hmm. We go on the road to Louisville, which is a very improved ball <laughs> ball <laughs> ball club. We got Clemson. We've got Miami at Miami. Brand new Miami. This is the new Miami. And you're muted. And we got uh, Florida at the end of the year. Let's be real. We lost to Wake last year pretty handily, so that's going to be a tough one for us. I know he's lost to Wake. Oh, oh, it was, it was interesting. <laughs> um, no, so no, I don't think people are, are looking
0: forward to the 4 State Duquesne game. No, um, but there's other teams. That, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Tyler. Your pessimistic attitude was not appreciated because it's week zero. It's game week. I, yeah. I'm not. Oh my god, the Vandy game starts at ten thirty. 10.30. I well, you drank some wine. I mean, you got to talk about a loaded slate here for games. <laughs> Illinois and Wyoming. All of these sounds like... Every single matchup in week zero sounds like if you shifted the Civil War like 90 degrees and it was like, oh my God, we had Illinois versus Wyoming, dude. Like the, the West like versus the almost more West.
1: FAMU, North Carolina.
0: That's a good... That'd be... I mean, that's... I mean, exhilarating That's something
1: uh vandy hawaii obviously uh, well,
0: as you
1: do all right mm-hmm. let's let's hear him
0: uh so okay we're just getting some gambling stuff so hawaii is um or i think it's hawaii i don't know i haven't seen johnny tsunami in quite some time but um hawaii been, is uh, awful they're awful that's, that's pretty much all I have to tell you. They're How many wins? Terrible.
1: Oh, so that's the that's the angle. That's Hawaii the whole really no,
0: bad. They, like, so okay, like the S and P rankings came out today, and and I think like that's like a big deal for a lot of people because well, one they keep them a secret, like they don't post them anywhere on the site. Like if you try to look them up anytime before this, I thought it was a glitch. It just takes you to week thirteen of last year's. So How they kinda... of... Screw up, Peter Pan. Like let me see what I'm trying to look at right here. Right. Um. Anyway, so the the rankings came out. Hawaii is, um, how you say awful in so many ways. And then so also I guess that, uh, who's the guy who's like, he, he's like, a if Chip Kelly had a miniature, even shittier version of himself, Todd Graham or something like that. He like, was at Pitt and then like Arizona state for a minute. And then, yeah. Yeah. He, so he's at Hawaii. And as soon as he got there, everyone's like, I, I can't, I can't do this. You, actually, you imagine guy. being in Hawaii And then being like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I have to leave Hawaii because this guy's the worst.
1: Right. I mean, I've heard that. That's where uh, my son Mike Norvell, that was his mentor.
0: Oh, wait, who? Graham was? Todd
1: Graham. Jesus. Not really his mentor. His same age? He worked worked for uh, Gus Malzahn as well.
0: Like a junior salesman associate or something? This is like a ridiculous... The age (laughs) gap is not that significant. Anyway, so... Hawaii, um, like, like, so SP rankings basically it's Bill Connolly from ESPN. He puts in this, it's not a projection, it's just a ranking of who he thinks that like, the best teams are, and it's based off of like three things, right? So it's based off of, uh, let me see here, what was it? Let me make sure I don't mess this up. It's like returning um, talent, returning production. So, and final rankings, which you can find at the bottom of this piece, he says it's on ESPN, um, and that's from recent recruiting and recent history. How good have you been recently and who do you have coming back? So how good are the players you have replacing the ones that you don't have coming back as well? Um, so it's, I mean, a pretty good formula and it seems like it's pretty accurate. I will say there were some surprises on here. Like Tennessee was top 10. Um, Georgia and Bama are both in the top five on offense and defense in this ranking, which is fucking stupid. Um, Auburn was top, uh, top 25. They were 21st. Hawaii was a, uh, I think in return, in terms of like returning production, maybe one of the lowest he said he'd ever seen. The, it, oh my god! They're one thirtieth. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here are the ten lowest returning production percentages I have ever recorded to date. <laughs> 2022, 2022 Nevada and twenty twenty two Hawaii. Both of them play this weekend.
1: Oh God. Okay. So yeah, let's let's the I think the win total for Vandy is Three two and a half.
0: half? Oh it might be down to two and a half, yeah. I don't know. So
1: I was looking at their schedule so they've got Hawaii this weekend. This is so this could be something that we could root for. Like maybe we yeah. go in on the win total for Vandy over and we say okay, we need this one. This at Hawaii, if yeah. we look at this, we are in real trouble here with the with the bet. The very next week Elon feels feels like we could take down Elon for the Commodores, right? I don't I mean I, I don't know if you could take down anyone. I mean, I don't mean I don't know here's the other one then you got at northern illinois the huskies i've watched them beat alabama we gotta take three of those and we get the over
0: are we just a vandy pod in september so we just is that what our whole thing Uh, is you know
1: we don't we don't typically preview them so this is what we're gonna do we're gonna hop on the vandy over win total this year two and a half okay i like that. lock it in Um,
0: lock it in uh okay
1: what we need to do this year is we need to keep track of our bets yeah we're going to
0: I kept I kept pushing for us to get free like a free account with some money put in it, but they were like, "No, we're gonna pass on that." That's cool. Um, Don't trust the uh, the track
1: record. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, here are some SEC uh, SEC notes. I guess from um, this is from Action Network. So you you have the the uh, article pulled up, right? Yeah. All right, so Vanderbilt opens the season on the road in Hawaii. Since 2005, teams playing in their first game of the year on the road against Hawaii are four and five straight up, and they're one seven and one against the spread. Vandy's a six and a half point favorite.
1: Yeah, I like that to be a close game. Vandy win.
0: (laughs) Okay, I mean, so maybe,
1: maybe we do the season long parlay of Vandy (laughs) Hawaii plus six, Vandy over win total. We won't know. Yeah, We we could be done first week. Or we could sweat That's just all year. patience.
0: I love it. Um, okay, so oh, thanks, Dark Knight. Um, okay, so also but there's some really good notes in here that I thought were. were first off, there's a hundred notes, right? And there's some that like kind of seem obvious. There's like, here you go. So games featuring service academies. So two service academies, Army, Navy, and Air Force. They've gone forty-one and nine uh, on the under since two thousand five. 41
1: oh. and nine. Well, okay, we need to remember
0: that. Yeah. Jesus. Um, let's see here. Here's, there's another thing about, we heard this from about Mike Leach. Uh, Mike Leach has fared very well, third year starting quarterbacks. He's won at least nine games in each of the three prior instances. This is my favorite one. This is kind of crazy. Um, Brian Harson is 22 41 and one against the second half spread. So when his team ends with a first half lead, He's the least profitable coach against the second half spread since 2013.
1: Interesting. So not necessarily that he loses every time. They just don't cover the second half spread. He loses
0: a lot. He did it all last year. Okay. (laughs) Like the end of last year. Kirby Smart. uh, He is the most profitable team against the SEC or against the spread in the SEC since 2016. Um they are profiting 69.6% away from home, which is not really good as well. Anyway, there's a lot of first half lines in here I thought was really interesting. It's some really good stuff. So, um, all right. How about, I like this one. About, How
1: about Napier? Comeback Kings, when trailing at the half, he's one of the top five, five most profitable coaches against the second half spread. So basically the opposite of Harson. Right. 12, 3 and 1 against the spread in the second half when trailing at the half. You're talking about Coach Trilly? Over the last five seasons, you would have made $840. Dude, what? Yeah. Put it in Bitcoin? $200 right away. Put it in Bitcoin, bro?
0: Um. Okay, so we have 10 minutes before our guest comes on here. So we should talk about Oregon going to the, uh, the Big Ten. Yeah. Um,
1: that sounds like that's like, I don't know. I kind of felt like that was going to happen all along, though.
0: Yeah, for sure. But here's the thing. What I don't understand is they, they said they began talks. It was like a Mormon courtship. They're just gonna see if they're a good fit for each other. So right. I, I listen, considering who's involved, two of my least favorite state and the worst conference in the history of fucking man. I just I they're gonna probably talk about this for five years. No way they actually follow through with it. There's no way.
1: Just you're just talking about like recent history stuff?
0: There's like Oregon doesn't belong in the Pac twelve. I mean in the Big Twelve, Big Ten. But they can't go to the Big Twelve.
1: Is it, I mean, either this is USC, but here we are. This is a brand new ball game, dude. Where's Oregon gonna go? If there's two I mean, maybe Lanning builds them into like an SEC type
0: team out west. Are you getting emails from Dan Lanning? Uh text messages, why? I'm getting I'm getting, like, e- I don't know how I'm on this list, Oh uh, no! I'm but I'm getting emails around. from Dan Lanning, and I swear to God, every single, it's like every Wait, morning, wait, like, not, it actually really him? Be him? No, it's not him. It's like, let me see here. Um, Where's the most recent you one? Do you have anything incriminating? There a typo in today's.
1: Take down the program or something? That'd be sweet.
0: That Somebody did that last year. They were like, hey, just so you know, there's this is what's going on with all these uh, people committing to Oregon. They're leaving backpacks full of cash in the, you know, like, down these homes in the South, and like, Hey, did you pick up my backpack? Which is a cool thing to say to a high school if you're in your 30s and 40s. <laughs> um, the There's going to be
1: a, a, a white, unmarked truck pulling up to the high school. Get <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> Get in. There's um, a
0: backpack there for you with candy in it. He a 1,000% sent something this morning. It, it's, not, it, it's not really him, but it's like, He's like, am I going to see, see you at Outson, Al- or am I going to see your at Outson Stadium this year? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Coach Danny? <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. We're we'll going to get the S&P rankings after or something like that. But let's talk about these dry dream uh, matchup scenarios while I look for this email.
1: From Dan Lanning?
0: It's, I mean, yeah, here it is. Hold on. I found it. Well, it's just so fucking weird. It says, "Will I see you in Outson Stadium this season?" Here, I'll just. do that.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that it might be like a. You might be getting like hacked. Is this how my account gets hacked? Yeah, I'll be pretty upset. That's
0: probably that. why the stream yard's going to end early tonight. That's probably so. Once again, here we go. <laughs> um, I'm going to send. I'm going to send it to you. Anyway. No, don't
1: send it to me. It's. It's. I don't
0: want it. No, no. Man. I already clicked on it. You just have to sign, like I already gave you information, so you should be fine. What cleared social, by the way. Um. All right, dream. Dry dream matchups for week zero. I want to hear these in the comments too. Um. Oh my god, just like the worst matchups, Marshall like Walker. You, huh?
1: Just the worst matchups you can think of that like we've been waiting all year and we'd still consider not watching. Just as yeah. bad as it gets. Yeah. I mean, Nebraska Northwestern. It really is a great example. Oh, watch like, oh, that, that though. Only because it's in Ireland, though. And it might be just because it's the only game that there's a modicum of like two teams that you would ever consider watching.
0: Okay. Nebraska Northwestern is, is, is two things. One, it is one of the whitest matchups you will see this season. That, that, is, that is like the exact moment when you're like shopping with your wife for like paint colors. And she's like, what do you think? Do you think duck white or do you think eggshell white? And you're like, what? It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, and then yeah, so it's gonna be one of those. Um, also, they should a thousand percent just make like a Michelle Branch White, and then who's and Vanessa Carlton White? Because be
1: what about guys. like Nevada BC?
0: I would never. Yeah, I couldn't watch that. Okay, that's no. a That's a that's a dry dream matchup. Okay, so yeah, like Yukon UConn and Rutgers, which I feel like was probably. That was like, like a primetime his... matchup at some point. Remember
1: when Rutgers and Yukon were kind of UConn was like in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: this this decade, I think. Was that Dan Orlovsky? <laughs> was he supposed to come in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, Yukon and Marshall. Vandy, Citadel. I'll probably watch the Vanity the Citadel. So, like, I'm trying to think here. Like, the just the worst, like, like, because a lot of it has to do also with like the setup. Like, did, did you see the stadium they're playing in, in, in Hawaii? No, is it not just like
1: Hawaii Stadium?
0: That got demolished.
1: What? Like in a...
0: I, knew, I knew you were going to fucking say this. In a hurricane? No, I was going to say an earthquake, but... No, The Rock. The Rock was... He brought it down. He was like working out. It was pretty sick. Um, Georgia
1: Tech and Oregon State. There you go. Yeah, that's a pretty
0: good one. Actually, yeah. I, don't, I can't imagine being a bigger Georgia Tech fan that day.
1: Tulsa versus um, anyone?
0: See, I don't mind a Tulsa Friday night game. I I, like, I
1: love when Mac starts and you're watching games on Wednesday, Tuesdays
0: and Wednesdays. It's the best. It's so good. Um, let's see here. Uh, like Okay, so like a FIU, FAU, because you know there's going to be like a fight that breaks out at some point for no fucking reason. Oh, Willie um, Taggart.
1: Willie Taggart. Uh, I, this, like, this, this Dandy vibes. going to Hawaii. Oh, boy. Is everything okay over there, Chris? And he's muted. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, definitely. Can't
0: hear. Oh there he is. It's more fragile than I am. It's just it's constantly UCF and USF, that's like a big It's like a big rivalry. Um, oh, yeah, that's a great game, actually. Usually
1: it's it's like a Thanksgiving game.
0: I'll tell you what, I've never watched a second of Arkansas, Missouri. That game sucks. That game fucking sucks. And it, I think part of it's because it like it still pisses me off that you don't have Arkansas LSU at the two thirty post Thanksgiving game on CBS like you did for years and years and years, and then they forced this shit on us. That is awful. I tell you, another you know game I never watched. Oh, I shouldn't be admitting this. It's my job to cover them. A and M in South Carolina. I haven't watched a fucking second of that mess.
1: UCS is going to be lit with Plumlee this year. I could see yeah, him doing good. well. Yeah, they're,
2: they're really actually good.
1: recruiting at a pretty decent level. Like. Their recruits—they've got like a couple top one hundred D linemen committed to them. Yeah, now we'll see if it lasts.
0: Um, last dream yeah, or dr- dry dream?
1: Ooh, Idaho, versus UTEP. Idaho State versus Utah. Bingo. That is a because it's not
0: even the Vandals. It's not even in, in that dome. The yeah, what it's Idaho Vandals, right? Yeah, it's Idaho State. I don't even know what that is. The onions. Uh, you know what? Anything at at <clears throat> Indiana can't really deal with that
1: yeah uh, they've been okay i mean they have a pretty good coach i just i'm saying at indiana oh just in the state in general
0: yeah like in you in, know in, in that stadium it's awful what's
1: so bad about it man what do you gotta get this indiana State? there's no one
0: fucking there he's <laughs> like, like i feel like there's very real stereotypes <clears throat> with every single stadium like like okay we saw about yukon Rutgers. there's no fucking chance there's a bit of sunlight in that game at all it's just the grayest gray imaginable yep it, and then you have it's the like a it's like, like
1: a i know we're talking week zero but that just is like a classic like november 2nd matchup noon mm-hmm. it's just gray as shit no no not noon it looks it'd be like
0: so cold. five it's already dark it's been yeah. dark for fucking hours for no reason <laughs> i yeah um that that would be pretty terrible i think like a. Like, but like Indiana, it's always sunny. There's like, these oh, are Illinois.
1: That's a good one. Middle Tennessee versus Illinois.
0: Ooh. I the Middle <laughs> Tennessee hate, though. Um, that was pretty good. Go for uh, the T.J. Finley is the, <clears throat> but they haven't announced yet, but he's been running with the ones at quarterback before we jump in with our guests. Um, I've so Zach Calzada is the third string quarterback at Auburn. Third?
1: Robbie Ashford's past him.
0: Robbie Ashford.
1: His mom's been jumping in
0: our spaces on Twitter recently.
1: Robbie Ashford's mom. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, that's good. Super sweet lady. Um Yeah, so Zach Calzada transferred out. You have to wonder if this is if this is Jimmy Rains doing. Like he was like, Listen, you're not gonna start there. I wanna stick it to Bama and just have a third string quarterback on our on our roster that's beaten him. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, uh, let's see. Mincy just liked my tweet, so we'll see. Maybe he's coming on here. Is he de- definitely coming on here? Um, before he gets on here, we got another five-star review. Can I read it real fast?
0: Do it. Uh,
1: Great change of pace is the title. Five-star review. Uh, I first heard Marler on the Locked On Auburn podcast show from SEC Media Days this year. I had the worst headache of my life after listening to that show because I was laughing so hard. You had me at, quote, Auburn fans are too stupid to insult, end quote. I'm a lifelong Auburn fan, and true words have never been spoken. I feel like this guy might be trolling. All self-deprecation aside, I've been listening to you all for the past month or so and can't get enough. It's great to hear a podcast that provides perspective from all across the college football landscape in a way that is entertaining and insightful. Keep up the good work. Scoot M.,
0: I love that he said something he nice about He lives in the United States said, of America. I, I think he's trolling. That was your immediate reaction, was to assume he was trolling.
1: No, when he said, uh, I'm, an, I'm a lifelong Auburn fan, and truer words have never
0: been spoken when you said they're too stupid to insult. Listen, here's the, here's the thing. I'm going to say this last thing about Auburn. So I've been hiding them all offseason. You guys thought I was kidding when I said this. All of this shit about TJ Finley and people thinking that he's not going to be that good and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. This kid transferred in from another school. He sat the bench behind some overhyped white five-star with, with bone necks. Uh, he drives a moped. And he just got arrested. All Perfect. the fucking ingredients just, just cooking in the pot right now. And then also, like, I'm not making this up. You know, the first scrimmage or the first practice that the media was allowed to go to after his arrest, he was like 19 of 20. It just fucking lights out.
1: Of course. Do you expect anything? Auburn less? Natty coming in
0: hot. Huh?
1: This that honestly, if Auburn won the Natty this year, would be the most shocking thing I think I've ever seen in college football. I'll
0: tell you, if, if, if Mincy's not on here right now, let me get into this for a second because I did a whole deep dive on it yesterday and, and a couple of days before that too. Auburn has had six seasons in the last 40 years of 11 wins or more. Four of those six have come after Bama or Georgia has played for a national championship. They, they've, they've had, in the last, Bama's had seven national titles, I think, since, like, 92. Auburn has come back and won the SEC or had 11 wins the following year. Three of those times. Like, well, they didn't win last single, year, though, so... What's that? No, George did. Right. Right. Also, every single every single coach they've had since Pat died, so the last, like, six coaches before them... Each one, by year three, has at least played for a title, whether it be the SEC or whatever. They've all been ranked inside the top ten, besides Sewerbill because he didn't deserve it. And you um, had—I'm trying to think here—you had from year from by by the end of year two, they had all had at least nine games, gone to a bowl game, been ranked in the top twenty, and beaten Bama. Every single one of them, no matter what happened the first year. I mean, this is this is like it's like destiny. So you're calling? Are you? Are you like putting a line in the sand here? Like Auburn's going to win ten games. <laughs> Auburn's going to absolutely win ten games for no fucking reason. It's not going <laughs> to be about talent. It's not going to be because Harson's coaching them boys up. Hold on, let me see if I have my notebook over here. You want to play this game? I do not have my notebook over here. Um, okay. <laughs> All right, good. But like, no. Like, I looked into this last night, like for a, a decent amount of time, and it was astonishing some of the shit. that's like, I mean. It's kind of crazy. They all beat Bama by year two. Every single one of them. Like, I mean, think about this: Terry Bowden, first year, he went eleven and zero. He'd never coached before. Chiswick, something to think about. Should two. we bring
1: in our? Should we bring in our guest?
0: Is he, is he here? Yeah,
1: he is here.
2: I'll stop talking about Auburn at any point.
1: All right, there he is. What's
2: up, man? Oh, what's up, guys? Thank y'all for having me on. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, uh,
1: for those that don't know, this is uh, Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports. Uh, the the uh, king of the South is is what we've seen now. So, <laughs> we figured we'd have you on a Southern football show, you know?
2: Oh, man, I'm thrilled to come on. Uh, I followed Saturday Down South for quite a while. So, I uh, oh. really enjoy coming on and see you're wearing a Florida State hat. Am I going to see yeah. you in New Orleans in a couple of weeks? I'm
1: trying to get down there. I found out that a lot of my friends, uh, you know, people I went to college with uh, are going. So, I'm going to try to make it down for sure, man.
2: We're uh, – so I'm going to be doing that. Like the Barstool Sportsbook app launched in Louisiana yeah. in mid-February last year. It was actually the week – it was actually the week of the AFC Championship. We did a big – they did a big push for Joe Burrow and Chase. Uh, so, I, Megan Making Money and I are both going to be down there and doing some content in the Superdome for LSU, Florida State. And I got a – I got like a 50-yard line, 10th row ticket. I'm pumped. So, I'm uh, – I think that's going to be an awesome game to kick the season off, man. I uh, love both those yeah. programs – you know, obviously haven't been the last few years what, you know, they traditionally are, but, you know, their fan bases are pretty excited. The atmosphere should be great the Dome. So, uh, I'm really – I'm curious to see what's going on. Yeah, happening.
1: man. I, I, I think it's a, a must-win game for Norvell if he wants to have success long-term there. I really do.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I, think must- I think it's going to be interesting. The LSU front, like, I, it, it it's fascinating. I'm always juggling a funny dynamic because I worked for ESPN mm-hmm. Baton Rouge before I got hired by Barstool, and I'm from Louisiana. Okay. So, I'm pretty – juiced into lsu program and know what's going on uh there i'm i think they're going to be better than people think they crushed the I transfer so. they crushed the transfer portal yeah and we live in this day and age now where these rebuilds don't take as long when you get these just plug and play starters and they got a lot of good guys in the secondary they got talent at d-line their receiving yeah. coil it's really good their o-line is still you know they've got a uh FIU and East Tennessee State transfer, and the O line's been real shaky for them the last couple of years. But I don't know. I think LSU's going to be a little better than people think.
0: Yeah, I see that. I'm well, I thought know. the line was so low.
2: It looks yeah. ratty. LSU yeah. being two and a half at home, it kind of made me pause because I thought it'd be three and a half or four. But I don't know. I mean, LSU's been pretty damn bad the last couple of years, so I, yeah. I think maybe it's that. And Norvell, you know, I know he had a pretty good recruiting class last year. I mean, obviously he had the disastrous start, but. Yeah, because of
1: Travis Hunter, you know, you guys paid him oh, yeah, a million yeah. like, dollars, Russell.
2: right? Bar- like, they I act like Barstool <laughs> threw all this money down. I'm like, come on. Um, and, you know, I mean, how long is he going to be? We'll see how long he's at Jackson State, too. Yeah. You know, who knows? in the stage. But uh, that's, anyway, I had to comment on that because I saw your Florida State now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dion is going to be
2: our next coach, right? I, I mean, well, y'all didn't want him last time. I know. You know, I know, know, know he'd he go there, and that's obviously his dream job, and you know he'd probably bring a just a wall of transfers with him but yeah. jesus you know, yeah it, it's 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 fascinating uh it's been fun to follow dion barstool for sure yeah
1: no doubt uh so let's talk Ole miss um Good. obviously uh awesome season last year 10 and 3 went to the sugar bowl i i think that was the first time they've ever won 10 regular season games
2: it, it is but you know that's a weird stat because they've only been playing yeah. 12 regular season games for like you know not forever Sure. So I mean, yeah, they've had, but yeah, I mean, it's a true stat though. No, I mean, I guess you can't. The numbers don't lie. They, the Eli year in 03, they were nine and three in the regular season, uh, because they lost to Memphis, and then in the 2000, uh, the the four, you know, they they ended up losing three, uh, the good 2014 year too, even though yeah. it, you know they were having such a great year and they kind of fell off a little bit. So.
1: Well, the Sugar Bowl has been around for a while and yeah. they that's just the second time they've been since the 1960s, the Sugar Bowl. So uh, before we talk about this season, looking back at the first two seasons under Kiffin, um, what do you think about the job he's done, not only reviving the team on the field, but just getting the fans in a totally different mindset. I just feel like it's a totally different program with him. Yeah,
2: and whatever people say, I mean, you know, what, I don't have enough words in the dictionary to describe how great it's been. But whatever people say it is, I hope they're as appreciative and grateful as they should be. Because where this program was, you know, after the free zero and they got in all the NCA problems, and you had Matt Luke, I mean, not just for the NCA probation, they weren't relevant nationally right. at all. And, you know, the, the tenants was down and the, the donations were down. And, man, you got to just give Keith Carter, the athletic director, so much credit because, you know, he had to fight the old – like a lot of that like older guard old Miss boosters. They, he had to really fight them uh, to get Kiffin. And he just said, we're doing this and I don't care what y'all say. And Kiffin's just come in and just brought new life and swagger and been such a good yeah. with the fan base. And also, just playing the the modern game of college football. I mentioned mm-hmm. the transfer portal thing. You know, Ole Miss. It's so hard for Ole Miss to go toe to toe with Bama and LSU and Georgia for these high school seniors going to college. But you know, when it comes to the transfer game, he's you know he just can go pick off these guys. Just come here. We'll we'll coach you up. You'll play in a fun system immediately in an SEC school. And he's just been so forward thinking with the NIL thing and. Yeah. You know, Chris Partridge deserves a lot of credit too. His right hand man's done such a good job with it. But uh man, it's just been it's been unbelievable. I mean, it's been, you know, even the first year when Ole Miss is four and five in the regular season and beat Indiana in the bowl. It was the most fun four and five season of all time. <laughs> and so much of college football is like being entertained, you know? Mm-hmm. And man, it's just been it's I can't say enough good words about Lane. And also just uh just really happy for him. I mean, Ole Miss has been a great fit yeah. for him and his journey and uh you know, I you know you never know with Lane. It's always going to be year to year, especially with how much success he's having. But yeah. you know, just thankful for the years, uh, Ole Miss has with him. He's been great.
0: I think he said the chip on his shoulder that never leaves for what, like for whatever reason, because most of the shit he got himself into was his own doing, right? Like, like back in the day. So, but like the turnaround on the perception of him and what he's done for his, like, because he's like. like Lane Kiffin's not a bad dude. He just, you know, he was like young and immature, and he was like, you know, in the spotlight way too early. Probably with some of that job at Tennessee and and Oakland, but he's done a tremendous job. I, I don't think I've ever seen somebody go from like just like a villain in the SEC, right? Like when he was at Tennessee and everything, and now like he's like he's like on the same level as Pittman and Beamer. He can't like he can't be touched, right? He's like it's a Godfather status.
2: Yeah, he's – he's cha- you know, and you just mentioned something. Uh, people change and evolve as they get older. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, he was a head coach at, what, 34? Yeah. 35, and he's a coach's son and, you know, swagger and been around the game. And, you know, now you're talking about a 44, 45-year-old man who, who's, you know, got three kids and, you know, trying to raise a family. Adorable-ass dog. Yeah, and he's just, but he's just like a lot more – you can tell. He's, he says it all the time. He's a lot more grateful. And, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to get too religious on this thing, but, you know, clearly he's – you know, a little stronger faith now than he used to have, too, and I think that's been great for him. And, you know, I mean, I'm mean, i just – it's been a godsend for Ole Miss. And, yeah. you know, I'm just so happy to have him and the exciting brand of football and everything about it. It's And I'm excited for this year, too. I mean, you know, obviously Ole Miss lost a ton and, you know, replacing Matt Corral and everything he meant to the school, I mean, you just can't snap your fingers and do that. Right. Uh, especially the Arkansas and the Tennessee games last year. That dude left his soul out in that field, man. Yeah. I mean, there's no way in hell Ole Miss wins either either one of those games without him, and especially when like the Tennessee game, their top three receivers were out, and he had to carry the ball like thirty something times. Yeah, in that frame. Um,
0: but he had like 190 yards rushing, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was like, I like, never look at the stat line. I was like, what the fuck is going on right now in this game? Because I joined it late. I was like, how? What is happening?
2: Yeah, I'm 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 literally just so heartbroken for him that Liz Frank yeah. injury the other yeah. night. I mean he. You know, he went through a tough deal with that draft process, falling all the way Wait. to the third round, and Carolina took yeah, him and now yeah, he's gonna be out for the year. But, yeah, uh, he's
0: gonna lose Frank.
2: Yeah, he's out I no, he's yeah, he's out for the year. That yeah. sucks,
0: man. He looked he looked yeah. good too at camp. He looked really good.
2: Yeah, it's a t- it's a really tough deal. I got to know him a little bit and he was a good you know, he's a different cultural guy, California yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. But man, just such a tough son of a bitch, man. Just no. like gave so much to Ole miss. It's just heartbreaking. But football, you know. Part of the mm-hmm. deal, at least he's in the NFL getting paid,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so let's start there then. You know, replacing him, you got Jackson Dart coming in from USC. Um, I think from most reports that he was pretty average in the spring. I mean, look, he probably arrived and just immediately got thrown in. I don't, I didn't expect him to look great in the spring,
0: yeah. Um, so
2: he looked a little better in the scrimmages lately. You know, yeah. he went 12 for 14 in the other one with over 200 yards, but you know, kind of learning the offense in the spring, and you, you expect that. I mean, you always take spring with a grain of salt. Uh, You know, I thought he looked pretty good in his time at USC last year in the air raid, I mean, especially for a true freshman. And you got to think, I mean, Ole Miss, the NIL, you know they paid him. I mean, I know it's a for-real competition. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it isn't. Luke Altmaier is a four-star recruit, got put into – an impossible situation against Baylor in that Sugar Bowl. You know, it took no first-team snaps in practice playing Dave Miranda's defense, one of the most that complicated schemes. And also, Baylor's defensive line just beat the hell out of Ole Miss up front in that game, too. I mean, it wasn't like – was, I think Ole Miss could have won a crowd play, but it wasn't going to be easy. And so you can't really judge that. And they're giving him a long look in the camp. But I, I still ultimately – I, I got to see Altmar start over Dart to believe it. I think it's going to be Dart's job.
1: He brings in uh, the, the tight end, Michael Trigg, with him, uh, which, which was another fantastic pickup in the portal. My guy, though, Zach Evans from TCU, I thought yeah. that was one of the best pickups in all of the transfer portal because that dude, former number one running back, five-star recruit, uh, has, has issues off the field. That's why he ended up at TCU out of high school. I think he was going to go to Georgia at one point. Um, he's going to go to
0: like three different schools at one point, <laughs>
1: yeah. But, but yeah, uh, he's, he's he, like he kind of, of corrected his, his life at TCU and and he moves on to Ole Miss. I think if you're looking at like sneaky Heisman picks, yeah, Zach Evans,
2: yeah. So the thing, uh, what's interesting, so I think Ole Miss's offensive line is going to be good this year, too. They got a lot of returning talent, plus picking up Brooks, the right tackle from Western Kentucky, who was all CSA, who I think is a plug and play guy. You know, I, I think this running game is going to be really good. And, you know, you look back at last year, you think of Corral, you think high-flying offense. Ole Miss had, I believe, the number one running offense in the SEC. They were right there if they didn't.
0: Fair on um, Arkansas, and, yeah.
2: Yeah, and so when you – I think the running game is going to be awesome. And then don't forget about Ulysses Bentley. It was all, it was really good at SMU. So you got a one-two punch there. Uh, that I think is going to be good. You mentioned Trigg. Receiving core, turning over a little bit. But Jonathan Mingo, one of those guys that, you know, he's 6'4", 6'5". You look at him, he fills out the jersey. He's got the potential, but he hadn't really broken through yet. You know, also he had a broken foot last year was out for Mm -hmm. a lot of the year. Uh, You got some other transfers that are like, I think the offense is going to be fine. I mean, you got Lane Kiffin, you know, whoever plays quarterback, Kiffin's going to coach him up. Look at his whole career. So I I don't, you know, when you look at Ole Miss and you also got to factor in, Ole Miss is a really weak schedule early, like extremely. First four, Troy, Central Arkansas, at Georgia Tech, Tulsa, before you get Kentucky on October 1st. So, you know, yeah, you got a real light schedule early to kind of figure out some pieces. So, I mean, I I feel good about the offense. I really do.
0: I I feel like I've been saying this for a couple weeks now, like – because I feel like people finally caught on to Hindenhooker. Hooker, people finally caught on to KJ Jefferson. People, like, there's been a couple of these like bigger names that you kind of you kind of realize like, and and those guys are obviously already in the SEC. They put up numbers in the SEC. But the fact that we're not talking about Zach Evans like at all going into the season, it seems like 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 at all blows my mind. Because every you brought up like you talk about like the offense is gonna be fine because it's under Kiffin. I've, I've said this like repeatedly this offseason in his last 10 years as either a coach, as, like, an OC or a head coach, there's eight of the 10 years he's had a quarterback throw for 3,000 yards or 30 touchdowns. So, that, like, that's – he's going to get those numbers. And the year he didn't, he had a running back that put up 32 touchdowns and like, 2,300 yards or 1,900 yards, something crazy yeah, like that. Yeah, Devin like
2: who starts the Bills now.
0: Right. Like, so, like – and you brought up – you brought up the, the SMU transfer. Like, I think he he compliments him really well just the way – like, his, like, style running. He's also put up, like, good production numbers, like, when he was at SMU – at the same time, Kiffin finds his guy and just sticks with it. like like that. He just feeds him repeatedly. I think Evans is going to have a monster year.
2: No, I do, too. The thing with Evans, you know, obviously you mentioned a lot of the off-field stuff, and that that's all true. I, I think Ole Miss having such a weak schedule early and getting off to a good start is going to keep him engaged. Like, he may yeah. be the kind of guy that, you know, TCU went through a lot last year. And, you know, I know he averaged seven yards a carry, and his yards after contact are spectacular. But – I I don't know. I don't know. And personally, I don't want to say anything bad, but you know, I feel like he may be the kind of guy. You know, you're going to get his best effort as long as you're winning and
0: contending. Wait, was TCU – Was that when Gary Patterson like quit or was fired and then showed up for work on Monday? It was like I'm going to help with the defense.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He just like stayed around and helped out. Yeah, that was a weird deal. Now he's a dude. He's an analyst to Texas now. It's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, Uh, it's it's nuts.
1: Defensively, uh, obviously, Durkin goes over to Texas A and M. Um, yeah you bring in a guy so i was just doing the research you bring in a guy from western kentucky as the d coordinator well, to- what
2: happened the problem was lane made a great hire bringing his brother back chris kiffin who was the d line coach under freeze and did an awesome job recruiting so he's the defensive line coach the cleveland browns miles garrett he, mm. he took the job to be the old miss defensive coordinator and he came back for six weeks and You know, I I don't know what happened. You know, no one does. I think it might have had something to do with the new college football NL. But six weeks in, he was like, "The hell with this. I'm going back to Cleveland to coach Miles Garrett and uh, the D-line. And so Ole Miss, you know, this is after all the coordinator hirings. And so they really didn't, you know, and you you bring in the Western Kentucky coach. That is what gives me, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen, but I thought DJ Durkin last year, the job he did was spectacular. You know, The last few weeks, Ole Miss shut A&M down, played great against Baylor. You know, defense, defense was – you know, Mississippi State, I granted the weather was bad in but, man, State couldn't do anything on offense in that game. And I, the improvement on the defense was really the story in the back end of the season. And so that's what I'm – if there's concerns, it's the run defense and the defensive coordinator thing. Or, you know, we'll see. But those are the two things I'm concerned about.
1: Right. Yeah, got to you got to replace Sam Williams production uh, which is going to yeah, be one. Yeah, oh, that's
2: not easy man. 12 and a half sacks, awesome crazy. story and leader. So happy for him. Second round pick out of, you know, Dallas. You know, his story was crazy. Came from came from really tough background situation. So, uh, it was just awesome to support him. Uh, also got to replace Chance Campbell who although he fell the 6th round of the Titans, that dude was a monster last year, and he just made plays from day one. You know, he spotted on Malik Cunningham week one, shut him down in that Louisville game, and he was great all year. So he got a few tra- – you know, Kiffin shocking with the transfer portal, but keep an eye on Troy Brown, uh, all mm-hmm. Mac for three years, coming from Central Michigan. Kind of a smaller linebacker, though. He's about 220. He can run a little bit. But, you know, the tackling in the Mac and the SEC, obviously a different game. But a, but a lot of hopes for him. And then a lot of returning talent in the secondary, led by Otis mm-hmm. Reese, and A.J. Finley, and De'Andre Prince. Feel good about the secondary. D-line looks like it's added depth. You know, you got Jared Ivey from Georgia Tech. Uh, you, you know, you, you brought Pegues, Pegues home from Auburn. Really big oh, yeah. Guy. yeah, Cedric Johnson had a good year last year, six and a half sacks. So, you know, on paper it looks solid, but you still got a defense that allowed 197 yards rushing a game last year. And, you know, Ole Miss runs a modern spread defense. You know, they're designed to stop spread offenses. They play five, six DBs all the time. Right. they go with the lighter boxes. And so the run defense thing, you know, concerning, and then the, the new defensive coordinator, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Those it, those are definitely, uh, you know, if there were concerns, that's what I got.
0: You you look at his schedule, and I'm excited about the Georgia Tech game just because living in Atlanta – be fun to see an actual team come into that that stadium um that's like fun to watch what i've
2: heard i've heard a lot of people like bobby Dodd. i heard it's
0: cool i'm fucking up bobby Dodd. you're gassing me up right now because it's like my favorite stadium outside it's like it's kind of a shithole because it's like it's from like 1920 or something like that like they still have like troughs like in the in the men's rooms like that kind of stuff but it's like the setting is awesome setting is awesome and you guys should get a win there too but is there any is there any game on this schedule you look at it where it's like okay this – it's not a must win, but if we win this game, it can kind of like, you know, be the catalyst to going through the rest of the year and kind of like slingshot you to like a, a, you know, 9-10 win finish or – I think that Kentucky
2: game on October 1st, It just the way the schedule sets up. Because you've got four games, like you never want to say like easy – you know, you don't want to assume it because Troy, we've seen fight people before and Mm -hmm. Tulsa got sticky a little bit last year. But still, you lose any of those games you're shocked, regardless of that. So hypothetically we'll say you're 4-0 – when Kentucky comes to Oxford on October 1st. You know, a lot of stuff with Kentucky this year is interesting to me. You know, Will Levis look, Will Leavis is like a type of dude, he looks the part, you know, he's tall, he's got a big arm, but the production, you know, hadn't really matched no. the, the talent. So I've, I'm not totally sold yet. You know, I know Wondell Robinson was spectacular last year, and they, they have a great running back in Rodriguez, who's going to be out the first few games, but should be back by Oxford. But that Kentucky game at home – and I think Ole Miss should be able to win it. I, I don't get yeah. me wrong. I know Kentucky's hyped this year, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not totally buying it. But if you win that Kentucky game, you're five and zero. Then you go to Vandy, who sucks, right. and then you get <laughs> Auburn coming in on October fifteenth. Auburn's over unders five and a half wins. They the thing with Auburn this year. I mean, you're talking about the most volatile program. You're in. You're out in the SEC. No different this year. But man, a lot of people transferred out. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with Harvin. Their quarterback situation's a mess. I mean if it starts going bad early in Auburn, it could go real bad. And so I don't want to, like, hypothetically come on here and say there's a chance Ole Miss could be 7-0 and when they go to Baton Rouge October 22nd, uh, but there is a shot. So you're looking at, you know, if you win that Kentucky game and get it rolling like that, I mean, you're talking 6-1, and 7-0, and heading to Baton Rouge on October 22nd, but then at LSU, at A&M, Bye week, Bama at Arkansas, four in a row. I mean, that's fun. Bloody... Then in
1: the egg bowl, then the egg bowl, yeah, right. then the
2: egg bowl. So blood It's murder. Like ours, at least your concerns. Also,
0: Mitzi, I got to play devil's advocate here, or, or I guess <laughs> Auburn Jesus uh, advocate. Probably a better, better way to phrase it. But like all the things you said about Auburn are accurate, and it's all the reasons why they're probably going to win ten games this year. I mean, like they, they could. No, do. they
2: definitely they, they could. I just the quarterback thing. I mean, I, yeah. I, unless the the Ashford kid. From Oregon, that's from Bama, originally it's from Hoover or whatever. Unless yeah. he ends up being good, I don't have any faith in Galzada or Finley at all. Galzada's the
0: third string they said today,
2: yeah. Oh, I, I you see that Oxford fin- that film last year when he started. The whole, I mean, he I, was-
0: I'm a Bama fan, so sadly, I saw his uh, his his film from College Oh, yeah, Schiff's yeah, yeah. He played
2: out his ass that one night, but <laughs> no, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that's the big thing. Um, but we'll see, you never know with Auburn. But it just the, the situation, the season could be really, really good before the murder stretched the end. No, yeah. the, the Bama game getting moved from late September. Yeah, on I was wondering when you in were get I don't I, honestly, I don't like it. I think Ole Miss beat Bama those two years. You want to catch them early usually, yeah, uh, as they're I, figuring it out. But
0: when you were listing off the names, I was like, oh, if, now five and zero, they must have Bama next week, and then it was like seven. I'm like that must have Bama. like. Way, way deep
1: into So I was looking at the on. I I, I use the all sports book, Barstool Sports Book. uh, The over under, over under is eight. And I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm like, okay, like you said, conceivably I could easily and no slide to Kentucky, but you know it's at home for Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, and uh, those other five games are I I'm pretty sure layups for you. So you're six and zero going to that Auburn game at home, and Auburn beat Ole Miss last year, right? So there's a little bit of revenge on the mind. You could conceivably be one away from the over-under after that Auburn game with five games left (laughs) and not hit the over-under. So
2: It's going to be real weird, too, with the college football ranking system. Ole Miss is going to be ranked, like because all these other teams are going to be dropping games. Ole Miss could be ranked extremely high when they go to LSU.
0: If they're 7-0, they could
2: be like number six or seven and still not really know what they are. You know, like they could That's be a really just. Good point. Like, and so that that could be a, a you know a, something to watch out for. So, but look, I'm excited. I'm going in. I'm just saying, like as a fan, eight and four here is successful for sure. Right. Like when you really look at it, you know, ten wins is. I mean, you're in the SEC. That's not going to happen very often. That's why it's happened once. I think as long as you win eight, you keep the momentum in the program rolling forward. I think se- seven and five, like little step back but not the end of the world. Six and six or less is, is is bad, and especially with the schedule being so weak early. So, you know, I no. think, you know, as a fan, you go in, you say oh, hopefully Ole Miss wins eight, and anything beyond that's kind of gravy. And you want to keep winning the Egg Bowl, obviously, especially with it being in Oxford.
1: Okay, so, you want to come over the eight then?
2: Man, I, I was looking at it if – I, if, I, if I could have found – I'd go over seven and a half at eight, I'd pass.
1: No. Yeah. I think um, seven and a
2: half, if you can get that number, I think the over's good. But I, I just – over eight, you got to get to nine's tough, man. I mean, you yeah, know, and also yeah. when you look at the history, Ole Miss's history in Fayetteville is, I mean, there are a lot of words for it. None of them are good. I mean, it's <laughs> been it's been really, really rough through the years winning at Arkansas. It's never going to be easy in Death Valley, at AM. You know, the Mississippi schools have had a lot of success against AM the last few mm-hmm. years, though. So it's been a real thing, but it's still going to be on the road, Halloween, weekend, no joke. Bam it. it I just over eight. You got to get to nine to get there. I think that's a stretch. So I I think there's going to be so
0: many, so many young nineteen-year-old dudes named Gavin dressed up that weekend as Army men. It's going to be very difficult to walk into that stadium. Um, No, so I, I got one of the reasons we wanted to have you on here just because we know you're, you're, you're kind of like us a big gambling guy. I didn't know you were a poker guy. Oh yeah, you, just, you were in a tournament. How the tournament end up? Because I know you were there with Jeremy Pruitt of all people.
2: Oh uh, yeah, the he Pruitt didn't me. Man, Pruitt made day two and cashed in the eleven $1, hundred dollar van. He had a bunch of shots.
0: <laughs> I was, you know, I was, I love the Pruitt. was in pretty it.
2: good. He made it for. I think I got like a, There were four hundred fifteen people. I got like ninetieth or hundredth, and he got top twenty. So, hey, wow. there you go, man. He's got to. He's got to do. He's got to do something, you know, while he's coach in coaching jail or whatever.
0: I was dying, like like it was. I didn't know that you played. because I used to play uh, like a bunch of that. I remember like looking. I was like, oh cool, because like we were, you know, we'd been talking about trying to get you on, and then you just casually like, yeah, Jeremy Pruitt's out here. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like it was like just just could not have been more, uh, more casual. Okay, so I got here's my question for you. We've been talking about um, this. Will be my last serious question. Then we'll get into the good stuff. Uh, but like, it, look, we've been looking at over unders and moving at player props, all the sorts of stuff. Like if there's an over under that you are dead set on. Like, like who is, what is your lock or any bet for the college football season? What is your, what is your lock?
2: Okay. I mean, lock, lot I, I hate the term block. It's, it's just, oh, it's, glad it's, running it's, yeah. it's rough. So I've got a few running around. Uh, I actually think UCLA is going to be good this year. It, and yeah. I like, they're 10 to one to win the PAC 12. And I have questions about all three, USC, Oregon, and Utah. Like mm-hmm. I know Utah won it last year, but like, I mean, they're almost like gone from underrated to overrated. Oregon switching coaches, you know. We'll see how Bo Nix does there. And USC's like the flashy thing with Lincoln Riley, but I still got to see, 40. you know, in the trenches. And UCLA's got, you know, DTR's back for his fifth year. Charbonnet's really good running back, and you know, I thought last year they lost a few, you know, they lost a few really close games, and still are eight and four. Uh, so I think they got some value at ten to one, you know, if you're looking at a, like a value shot, because I think the top teams are a little weaker in the Pac-12. That's kind of what I've been giving out. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing John Rice Plumley start at Central yeah. Florida and Malzon's offense. Obviously, I'm being a former Ole Miss guy, and so will I just really want the best for him. I'm also good yeah. friends with SJ SJ2. He's part of that athletic department, so I'm always talking to him. Yeah. And he's hyped about that team and kind of got me in my ear, so I'm looking forward to that. They're like plus 350 to when they AAC. I saw so that, yeah. Were, may not the best odds, but man, I think Plumley with. You know, you look at those mouse, his, you know those run, mouse on runs. teams when he had Nick Marshall and when he has those running quarterbacks, man. It uh, really fits with that scheme a lot better than Taylor Gabriel did before he got hurt last year – or, you know, yeah, or Dylan Gabriel did before he got hurt last year. Um, so I'm kind of wa- watching them pretty close. But uh, the LSU one at six and a half I've been looking at, like I – I mean, I know it's their schedule's a lot of toss-ups, but I, I think seven and five, or maybe eight and four, for LSU. Just because I like what I said about the transfers, and yeah. also I just think the co—I think the coaching staff upgrade is so big, like from where where they were. I mean, they were just such a mess the last two years with the discipline in the program, the attrition, right. and all that. And I think, you know, I think House is a pretty good defensive coordinator. From what I'm, you know, the, the stuff I've heard about him, his performance in Kentucky under Stoops is good. When he was their defensive coordinator, and I, I you know, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, "Well, she's going to set the world on fire," but I think six and a half, you know, you can go over there, and that that's a number I'm looking at too.
0: I I found two today that I, I just I we had the, I got to get off my chest because I thought they were like, I, I looked at the numbers way too much like I always do, and I, I thought it was like pretty like. I'm really upset that you don't like the word "lock" because I just realized I spent way too long making a graphic today for SDS that says Dwayne the Lock Johnson with my face on it. So now I have to delete all those. <laughs> yeah, it's um, just me. Job.
2: Well, it's like gambling's like you know you get all this info and you make an educated guess. Like all oh, right. the you not, but like I just feel like historically, whenever I've said the term "lock," I've just gotten destroyed. So oh, it okay. never
0: goes very well. But no, that's okay. Let me say, so let me say this though. though. The, the Bryce the, so the two quarterback props like they, they were look at the player um, player totals this year. Bryce Young at 30, 38, 69 I think it is um like for, for his passing yards in the regular season. last year Bama had for the first time ever they had more pass attempts in a season than rush attempts. They had six games where they had more pass attempts than rush attempts. December happened 400 seven. They had four games where they were like under 100 yards rushing, which in comparison to the 10 years total prior happened three times. So he was airing out like all the time. He had 147 more attempts than any other player in program history, and he still only beat that number by 40 yards.
2: Man, I feel like it's. I
0: feel like the under. They've
2: also got, you know, I mean, you know, Bama's got studs at receiver because they always do, but it is a little unproven going in this year. And then also Gibbs, man, that running back for Georgia Tech is gonna be. That's
0: you didn't have it all last year, so.
2: Yeah, no, they did last year. They didn't have that bell cow that we're used to. Um, so. I, uh, I, I like
0: I'm, that bet. I hate betting the under, but at the same time. No, want to no, over, I actually think there's one. more
2: value when you find props. It's like the gambler instinct. You want to bet these overs, but, like, yeah. you find unders, it's good. There's always more value in unders because people don't like taking them. And then, you know, let's be honest. I mean, you're free-rolling entries, too, if you've got the yeah. under. If somebody goes down for two weeks, you're good. So, mm-hmm. right. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't hate your logic there at all. I mean, they're going to – and also, Bama, this year – is going to kick the hell out of so many people that, you know, they're going to be up running the ball a lot too. Like. Right.
0: They, they just threw it nonstop last year. Tell me what else you got because I, I, I have like the rapid fire stuff. That's it.
1: Uh, So I got two questions for you and then I'll let Chris. Yeah, if you y'all got any Barstool
2: questions, fire away too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, so what were you doing? Like how were you discovered at Barstool?
2: Well, it was – so I was working for uh, ESPN Baton Rouge, which carries the LSU flagship Guaranteed yeah. Media – and I actually had a video go viral of me fired up yelling the hotty Toddy at the TV after Ole Miss beat Kentucky in overtime two years ago when um, Matt Corral hit a lot for touchdown. Touch. Kentucky's kick – so there's an overtime. Kentucky scored and missed the extra point. And then Ole Miss scored and won. And, uh, like, there's a video of me yelling the hotty toddy after Kiffin's first win that – you know, it was like a funny video, but I didn't think anything of. And uh, that Saturday night, it goes by and it's whatever. You know, it's just like some T-Bob Bear, who I'm close friends with, that, uh, retweeted it. And that Sunday morning, I'm driving to Natchez, Mississippi, to do the Sunday morning NFL show with Jimmy Odd, who I worked with, and Rohan Davey, uh, the former LSU right. quarterback, who, by the way, I highly recommend if you want a fun guest to talk football with, yeah. get on. He's unbelievable. he got
0: those long-ass fingernails.
2: Yeah, and he's just so smart. His football IQ, he played for Jimbo and Saban and Belichick. Just
0: that's cool.
2: Unbelievable. Just great character, but knows the game. Just all that. Just great. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I'm driving to Natchez, and my phone goes off like a nuclear bomb. And it's Dave Portnoy tweeting that SEC football hits different. And it's my dumbass <laughs> yelling the hottie toddy TV. And I'm just like, wow, what's going on here? And then I part and I look down, and Dave Portnoy's followed me on Twitter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and well, then so, got how DM familiar? And I, how familiar. And I got a DM from Dave Portnoy. It's like, is that you on that video? And I said, "Damn right, that's me." Then we're ready for you to come work for us to Barstool Sports. No interview, <laughs> nothing it's like that. That's and he said, uh, "I talked to him like two days ago." Two two days later, he calls me, and I say hello. And the first thing he says to me is like. Your voice sounds exactly how I hoped it would, with my southern drawl, and, you know, I guess I got—I definitely got one. Right. And he goes, listen, I don't know everything about life, that's for sure. He goes, but I know how to find talent, you're my guy. And I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> and then he uh, says, uh, you know, you, you, I'm going to give you the option of moving up here to New York and work in the main office or staying in the south. We'll pay you more if you come to New York, but it's in your court. Think about it. And I thought about it for a day or two. And at first, I was like, oh, man, I could still work down the south and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, that's completely the wrong attitude. And I grinded for four years in Bozier City before ESPN Baton Rouge. I was like, I didn't grind this hard to get this opportunity to not give myself the best chance. And so yeah. I spent one night in my whole life in New York. And, uh, you know, I moved up here uh, the, the Halloween weekend of 2020, like four weeks later. And uh, I guess I've been here almost two years now. And, you know, I I definitely don't think I'd, you know, and I still obviously have a long way to go. I'm not like a made guy or anything, but I've done a lot better in this company because I've been in that office building relationships and just being, Barstool is such a unique place. If you're not in the office in that inertia, you know, we have like a lot of people that work around the country that like, they're just not involved in that day to day, which is so much part of it, if that makes sense.
1: No, that makes sense. And you, you've you seen your personal brand there just explode over the last, yeah. you know, whether it was the, the championship run for Ole Miss baseball. Uh, was, where,
2: I, I still don't believe that happened.
1: That's just like a, an insane timing thing, right? You know, oh like,
2: man. Yeah. And Mississippi State winning it last year for Walker. And I was in Omaha last year watching State win it. And <laughs> Ole Miss wins it. Both have never won it in school history. It's insane. Yeah, and they uh, went back to back. I got real lucky though. Like there were so many people that like were Barstool fans that like wanted this job. I knew when I got this job, I was like, man, I kind of hit the lotto on this. But I'm the first person that, you know, really with Louisiana ties in there. And I, I lived in New Orleans five years. I'm a big Saints fan, big Nola food music culture fan. Yeah. So I was just like, man, I get to be the New Orleans guy for Barstool with everything that goes with that. I was like, Yeah, that's just a Ooh. gold mine of content. And, uh, you know, I have a gambling background from poker, like you mentioned, and a sports radio background. And so I feel like through all that life experience, I felt, you know, I feel like I know what, what works pretty good. So I, I honestly, I hadn't really been nervous much during this job. I just feel like this, uh, you know, I had four or five five years of sports radio experience coming in and the high stakes poker background. And I feel like that whole background, uh, you know, has been a great fit for, for this job.
0: I real yeah. real quick before he says like Tyler gets the last question. I will say genuinely I mean this is like one of the things I've I've always tried to do and, and like to my, my mom's peril, she hates it because just be like as transparent as possible all the time and all that kind of stuff. I think it like comes off as like super genuine. And also you know your shit. It's nice to like you know, I fire a shot across the valve, it's nice to have somebody like talking college football and not yelling at me. Like fucking Brandon Walker, which we'll get into in a second. But I mean, it's, like, it's it really is like, I mean, it, it was been fun talking actually like ball with you. So,
2: oh, I appreciate it. Well, I had a three, so like I had a three hour radio show for four years every day. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't have any experience when I started. I was on the air in Shreveport in Bozier City, Louisiana. No, right. not like a big station or anything. Right. And I mean, I sucked the first nine months, man. I remember I got on there the first day and I had like 12 pages of notes and, I was talking so fast and so nervous. I had to get my buddy on the phone line like six minutes into the show, freaking three hour show my first day. But when you do something that much, I mean, three yeah. hours a day for so four years, you know, I got just more and more experience. And, you know, I kind of made my own brand. We were the only fantasy hour in Louisiana. And I talked gambling and I do the high school and college. And then, you know, I'd even talk about, you know, music festivals or restaurants, whatever, yeah. man. You know, you felt three hours a day, you know. And I think I just got so much experience doing four years, three hours a day, you know, and I think that kind of honed me. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that's that's been a big part of it. But I, I've always loved to gamble. I've been betting on football way – you know, I'm 39 now, but I – you know, way over – you know, over 20 years for sure. And so I yeah. you know, feel like – you know, I'm not – and I could never beat it for a living. I don't claim like I'm that good. But I, I'd, I'd say I know more than most at least.
1: Alright, I'll do one more, Chris, and then you can finish with the rapid-fire rapid questions. Fire. Got you. Uh, Dave Portnoy recently dubbed you the King of the South. Um, <laughs> I kind of feel like Barstool's missing out on like the SEC thing. Like yeah. Every time, like I feel like if I want to tune in and hear about SEC football, it's not Barstool, right? I, there, you, there's a lot of Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and, and a lot of pro sports. So you, as the King of the South, between you and Megan making money, and a couple of Yeah, K- we got
2: Casey, too. Yeah, and, yeah, and
1: Casey, can we – yeah, and Walker, can we get the SEC thing going? Yeah, I mean, they,
2: so, so, like, I'm going to try to start. – I'll probably be doing, like, a lot more Twitter spaces soon this fall. I mean, I pitched an idea the other day that, like, I want an hour-long SEC show that's just, like, yeah. that we can interact with all our Barstool SEC accounts that are so big on Twitter. If we did that, it wouldn't be a gambling show because you can't mm-hmm. do that with the college.
0: But uh, mm-hmm.
2: I, I literally pitched that the other day, so hopefully people – No brainer, man. Uh, if you're listening – when it happens. It's, it's, got, like, like, we've got Unnecessary Roughness, which is a big college mm-hmm. football pile with Walker and Casey. Walker has a football show. We have the college football show every Saturday, which is really good. And then they've got Pick on the gambling show with Dave, Big Cat, and Rico. But I do feel like what you're saying what we're missing is like a specific SEC show. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I think too. I fired it. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to continue growing in the south. Uh, the sports sportsbook – you know, we're in Louisiana. Yes. We're in Tennessee. So, we're in a couple SEC states. Uh, you know, I, I wish Mississippi would figured it out, man. That would be great for Walker and me. Because you can bet live in the Penn Casinos in Mississippi, but you can't do it right. online. Seems very short-sighted. Like, if you're going to yeah. embrace one, just like – Seems the opposite
0: that you could do it on the internet, and then you, but you could do it in person, which is very okay, odd. Yeah, oh, but it's like way.
2: nobody wants to drive all the way up to Tunica but you know – I don't know. I just think they need to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's growing. I think we're going to continue to do more and more SEC stuff. And, you know, they hadn't announced the college football show where it's going this year, so I don't want to spoil it. But, you know, be on the lookout for possibly a couple of Southern dates. I'll leave it at that. Cool. And, you yeah. uh, know, yeah, I think we're going to continue to do more and more SEC stuff. And, you know, this fall I'll be running around the south of, you know, I'll be a mix of up here in New York and New Jersey uh, on gambling streams. But I'm also, you know, I'm going to New Orleans, like I said, for LSU, Florida State, and, I'll be in Oxford for Ole Miss, Kentucky, and I've got a few more Southern dates, kind of. Oh, I'll be at Ole Miss LSU and Baton Rouge too. So I'll be Uh, running around the South South a good bit, and you're gonna you're gonna definitely be seeing some South content.
0: Cool, good deal, man. All right, well, we got just a quick rapid fire questions here. It's a two minute drill. We'll get you wrapped up here um, and keep up with the score. Are you ready?
2: I'm hell yeah, damn right.
0: I was going to say, <laughs> what a fucking missed opportunity that was about to be. Okay, right. first question. First question. Uh, your favorite show to binge on Netflix in the offseason? Gilmore Girls. Say it.
2: Favorite what? I'm sorry, i made froze. Favorite,
0: favorite show to binge on uh, on or stream whatever like on, on Netflix with all that kind of stuff. Uh,
2: just uh, I'm I watch HBO Max, but I was a Psycho, Sopranos fan. Okay, like
0: okay. that. Um, better moment for you. Okay when all your dreams kind of came true with that text from Dave or Tim Elko hitting any of the grand slams on one leg two years ago?
2: Man, the, the Elko stuff was awesome, especially yeah. Tim and I are really close, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've gotten to be good. You know, we did shirts together, and, I mean, we t- – you know, he's a very close friend of mine, or uh, become that. But, I mean, I still got to say the Dave thing, uh, you know, allowed all that to be awesome. So, I'm going to say yeah. the Dave thing – but then the other one, you know, I got seventy fifth in the World Series main in twenty eleven, and that was that Wait, was. Wait, what? Yeah, that was pretty pretty one of the high moments too.
0: Holy shit! I, yeah. I was, I was good at
2: I was top two hundred in the world of poker for a while. I was good, man.
0: So I paid for my senior, my last senior year of her from online poker. I didn't do that. I, that's <laughs> I didn't know that at all, dude. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I've gotten so I got seventy fifth in twenty eleven and three hundred twenty seventh in twenty eighteen. So I'm like two for seven lifetime, but. Holy yeah, shit. Okay. Uh, the 75th really in the main bad. was high up on the life moments. Though I mean, it was like late day six. I mean, it was yeah. getting balls deep in that thing. It was getting real serious. Damn. Oh,
0: yeah. man. We had a bunch of my buddies we had a, a home game in high school and they went out there as soon as they turned 21. I get a text from him. He's like, Hey man, are you, uh, are you near your computer? I'm like, what's up? And he's like, I'm i uh, I'm at the final table. I'm seated next to Hellmuth. I was like, well, that's a good. Cool. So he ended up finishing second, and then and then Damn. yeah, not in the hey, main event. You know yeah. This not year
2: minute. was nuts. I got they put me, me and Phil Ivy were the featured table of the main day one this year. That's awesome. I don't think it was a coincidence either, man. They act like oh, we've sat by each other, but like they were yeah. trying to do barstool. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I
0: there, I think. Yeah, but all right. Phil like Ivy like didn't
2: know what barstool was. And he was like, why the hell do all these people care about these But I mean,
0: that's awesome. Um, all right, go-to order at Chick-fil-A.
2: Oh, man. Uh, okay, right now I'm, I'm currently on day 22 watching Sugar, so the order is <laughs> oh, more boring right now. But the real order would be a spicy chicken sandwich, the, the spicy deluxe chicken sandwich without the tomatoes yeah, and waffle great. fries and an unsweet tea. But the current order is uh, like the the current order is like the twelve pack of grilled chicken nuggets, with the buffalo sauce because I have sugar.
0: We just this, we're talking about gambling and poker, unsweet tea. Like I mean, I just dude, yeah man, I'm a big guy man. I gotta watch the damn tea. you know. I gotta, I gotta I got a lot you, going dude. for
2: me, but I'm gonna tap um, right. one of them.
0: Two more for you. Who is angrier, Nick Saban after a loss or Brandon Walker every fucking day he wakes up?
2: Saban only loses once a year tops, and Walker's always <laughs> angry. So I'm gonna say Walker. <laughs>
0: Okay, I like that. I like that. All right.
2: Oh, all right we, got it. We've been, we went at it. We went pretty hard Friday. We kind of
0: – I mean, it's just
2: like, you know, <laughs> I, I, like, I'm a pretty good-natured, positive dude, you know, but, like, when you take that many shots, there's, like, a point where you're like, I mean, I'm not going to put up with this, you know.
0: Yeah. For yeah. If you need any help, like, like just, you know, ever – if you want me to come, just tag, tag me in. I'm in. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you, see,
2: did you see the clip last year of me with the cowbell? No, but the Egg Bowl Bowl stream last year, you need to see this on YouTube. When State, right before the half, they dropped two passes and then they missed a field goal before the half. yeah. And I grabbed Walker's cowbell and started ringing it on the screen. (laughs) He lost his mind. I think I remember that. I had people in the Ole Miss athletic department texting me the next day, like, man, I watched that 12 (laughs) times. That was the funniest thing they've ever seen. It's it's on YouTube. It's really funny.
0: My last question, this is my most prized possession in my little background here, is these two things, okay? Okay. It's Morgan Freeman bobblehead with Ole Miss, and then this beautiful picture up here. So if we if we end up running into you, which we will at uh at one of these old miss games, will you not only sign it, but also um I mean, like, let, let us, like, punch Brandon Walker in the face while we're there. Just, if you don't mind. you don't mind, real quick. Yeah,
2: I don't – yeah, go for it. I, Walker probably won't be at the Ole Miss game. But, uh <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, love to. Morgan Freeman's been a great supporter of Ole Miss, too. He's the like, best. Ole Miss basketball from Clarksdale. You know, uh just, just great, great supporter of the school yeah. overall. Just good dude. And, uh, you know, of course, whatever I can do, man. I'm looking forward to, like I said, I'll be at Kentucky October 1st. I'll be in Baton Rouge October nice. 22nd. The Bama game, November twelfth, will be like a last minute. Do I think Ole Miss is win? Yeah. Is Ole Miss the season going good? You know? Yeah, I'll We're be debating all players. that.
0: Never know. Um, okay, so serious last question here though. Is I was gonna ask who what's faster <laughs> the offense or, or Jimbo talking, but I, I think a lot of people think that Lane might be the next guy, at Bama, because of Saban, whatever, and like the success he's had at Ole miss. What I was saying earlier though, but the chip on his shoulder, I think that Kiffin has a genuine Like I I think he loves Oxford for one, and what he's been able to build there, and building his zone. How long do you see him staying in
2: Oxford? Well, I think Ole Miss caught a big break that Cristobal wanted to go to Miami last year because I think Lane was the next option. I think he'd have taken Miami. I really do, and I'm I'm a realistic fan though. You know, I mean, like Lane obviously lived down there when he was coaching Florida Atlantic, and that's a pretty favorable situation if you can get money behind the program, which Cristobal's done. Cristobal has the relationships to do that. So, I was really worried about that, that whole situation. Um, but when you look around at, like, other jobs, I mean, like, he ain't leaving for Auburn. You know, I know yeah. they, those, their fans are delusional and think he might, but he would not Fucking outrageous. And LSU, like, I think he would have left for LSU, but LSU didn't even – Scott Woodward didn't even look at him. And Woodward's like, you know, look at the hires he makes. He always right. makes those buttoned-up really big hires. Yeah. Um, so, the thing is, I mean, I, I think he's going to be there a couple more years. But I do think it's going to be touch and go every year. And I also think the way Lane relies on the transfer portal, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of a year-to-year thing. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel it, it'd have to be the right job. And, like, what is that right now? You know, he didn't get right. along. He didn't think about for him and Scott Strickland, the do don't I don't know. that there's something there. So, he didn't get considered for the Florida job. You know, like, what what job? Well, you know, you're kind of running out of jobs. Because, like, we've seen what's happened to West Coast football. I mean, he could have – I think he could have had a lot of success at Oregon, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you're seeing everybody from California come playing the SEC now and they're not putting the money and Pac-12's lagging so far behind. I mean, that's why you see Kiffin and Leach in the SEC. Yeah. But, like, I mean, what jobs? Like, I mean, you know, no, Bama obviously really leads point. to that, but, like, you know, you're kind of running out kind of running out of jobs at this point.
0: Yeah. Mincy, this is great, man. I'm going to add this up, and it's going to be the exact score of 69 points, which is very nice. Uh, this has been awesome man This has been awesome this yeah really no excellent. thank y'all
2: for having me i followed y'all yeah. for a long time and uh you know i appreciate y'all having me having me on the podcast and i love to come back sometime
1: yeah i gotta i gotta admit something i gotta show you this real quick uh before yeah. i let you go so this was earlier this year you had tweeted oh yeah had, that's
2: a funny one yeah yeah
1: and, and he said genius move." movie you know, Bar, uh, uh, big cat tweeted so my most liked tweet ever I, I zoomed in on your screen you weren't Oh really yeah, boring. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I <laughs> and up. I said it would also appear Mincy isn't even logged into his computer and and Big Cat retweeted it and it just went it went off like
2: <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: So, so I have that, to apologize.
2: Stuff, it's like, uh, it's just such a crazy funny environment, man. It's uh you got to live by the motto. There's a great motto. It's like uh don't take yourself too seriously, but take your take what you do seriously. And that's what I live by here. Like you're going to get You know, I'm the butt of jokes every day, and I just laugh at it. You know, I mean, you just got to know that that's what you're signing up for. When you work for this company, there's a public eye shining on you. I mean, Dave Portnoy dragged me through the just Twitter just street, like (laughs) Omaha 2021 when I lost like eight college baseball bets in a (laughs) row. And he showed up in the Arkansas gear that one day. But I just – I mean, that's what you sign up for at Barstool. You know, I'm 39 now. Like, I've been through a lot in life. You know, I went back to school when I was 31 and worked up from Posure to Baton Rouge to here. So, you know, if I have to take public criticism from Dave Portnoy and Barstool Sports, well, then so be it. Let's right. roll. That's part of That's it. That's awesome, man. Well, we love We're following, following
0: you,
2: man. Time, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Well, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Barstool and I'd uh, love to come back sometime.
1: Sounds good, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, that was fun. Right, man. <laughs> that was great. Um, we have got to get Mincy on mm-hmm. later this year. Talk
0: a little yeah. bit more Ole Miss. Um, he's great, man. He like he like really really knew his shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. You know, I've heard him talk on a couple of those those uh, gambling shows that they put on, and he does. He knows what he's talking about. Of course, Portnoy always, you know, fucks with him. But
0: yeah, it's fine. I have no. Also, the, the, like you know, those moments you have that like you feel awkward about, and then they'll just linger with you for like a week to possibly seven years. That's going to be the thing with the, the shark photo because I had no idea why I brought that down like show and tell to show them at all. That wasn't part of the question. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Well, that's going to be the, the, the podcast. We've been recording for an hour 20. So It was long. We kept Mincy for an hour, dude. I feel bad. I'm going to have to send him a text. Yeah. yeah. That was good, man. That, was, that
0: was, was a lot of fun, though. Um.
1: All right. Well, we will be getting, last but not least, later this week.
0: Bam. Oh, yeah, Thursday, we get BAM, and then we'll do a full preview of Nebraska Northwestern. We're going to break down how all 23 combined points are going to be scored in that game.